Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Not Another Runner podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode and to the podcast. I really, really appreciate you taking the time today to listen in to what is set to be a great episode. I am aware many of you may be listening in today at a different time to the normal or whilst you undertake a different activity given that we are currently in lockdown in the UK um, and many of us are working from home and or furloughed or even without work at the moment. Some of you may even be isolating or shielding due to health conditions so I really appreciate you taking the time to listen into this podcast. Um, It is currently a very difficult time for many of us so I just want to send a massive kudos to everyone take one day at a time take time for yourself eat well sleep well be kind to yourself and to others have patience that is the key here have a lot of patience and remember to focus on what you can control and let go of what you cannot control it is so important that we can be patient with ourselves and one another and remember that kindness and support does go a very long way especially during these times so um, another thing please take time to check in with your friends and family um, abiding of course by the lockdown and distancing rules so whether that is virtually or through technology um letters you know however which way it is just check in on others um and just be there for one another thank you for listening this episode is sponsored by running headphone experts jaybird power your passion with jaybird's perfect stay put fit rugged build and premium sound Head to jbidsport.com and enter not another 10 for 10% off Jbid's latest true wireless earthproof Vista headphones. That's not another one zero, not another 10, all lowercase, all one word. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Not Another Runner podcast. Today's guest is of course another runner, but more specifically a triathlete and two-time Ironman. She is a software engineer and is the founder and developer of My Finish Line, a platform where you can search and find a training plan for a discipline, distance and or a race, helping people achieve their goals in their fitness and endurance sports. She's also Welsh and like me from Pembrokeshire, and a fellow Pembrokeshire Harriers club member. Hello, Sahar. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Very welcome. It feels a bit weird, actually, having someone on the show that I actually know <laughs> and I've met before. Everyone else I only know virtually. So this is quite cool. <laughs> yeah. We, we go way back because we played hockey together years ago. Yeah, that's right. Halford West Hockey Club. God, how many years? That would be about 10, 10 15 years ago. Oh my God, don't say that. Long, long time ago. <laughs> Welsh champions, actually, at one point, I believe. Yes, yes. <laughs> How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, all good here. Yeah, uh, living, living the COVID dream. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we might as well start with that. So how, because <laughs> it's it's, it is on the agenda everywhere. How are you coping? How are you managing? Are you working from home at the moment? Yeah, where I'm largely working from home as a software engineer, um, pretty much my day-to-day role is, hasn't changed at all. I'm just sat in front of a computer um, writing code pretty much all day. Um, and all of my sort of meetings are done virtually as well. So, um, yeah, not too much has changed for me. I, I think I'm pretty pretty lucky in that regard. 
do you find it hard sometimes to motivate yourself like working from home and having a routine that perhaps is different than it was before yeah um I mean to be honest I I I generally work from home on a normal week um about two or three times a week anyway so I'm pretty used to to um working from home and trying to like follow a strict routine getting up going for a run you know putting on normal clothes not pajamas yes (laughs) um and just sort of I've got um a decent office set up as well in the guest room so I try and sort of separate my sort of home and work life as much as I can so yeah it's all right that's yeah that is definitely definitely one to do isn't it and having the routine and like you say getting up properly going for a run first putting on normal clothes I've heard a few stories of people wearing their pajamas and realizing actually this is not going to work no that's right it's all psychological (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely so could you just tell us a little bit more about yourself then um obviously you've said what you do for a living but when was it that you got into running how did that all start yeah I suppose um I mean, like I said, I mean, we, as I say, we, we go way back and I've always been into sport. Um, we played hockey together and um, I've always been quite competitive uh, and I played up to sort of regional level with hockey. Um, but sort of growing up in an Asian household, like university was always on the cards. Um, I wasn't going to sort of I, I wasn't talented enough <laughs> for a start to become some 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 sort of professional athlete. Um, so. I went off to university, um, spent three years there in London and got a degree in management and also a degree in drinking cider. Um, uh, so that was that was really fun. I really, really enjoyed my time at university, played a lot of hockey again. Um, and in our third year, I think, um, someone had, no, it was our second year, just the end of second year, and someone suggested that uh, a bunch of us go and do a women's 10k in London and um, I wasn't really that into running I'd put on quite a lot of weight in uni from all the drinking Um, but I thought I'd give it a go because a bunch of my sort of teammates were doing it Uh, went along ran pretty slowly but got around Um, and then sort of was sat there at the end drinking our sort of complimentary champagne and I was like whoa I feel incredible (laughs) it just it was any any runner that's like describes their first race will kind of talk to you about this the first time they got that runner's high that finish line feeling Mm. and it's like you you don't forget that it kind of sticks with you um and then I guess from there the rest was history I was sort of on a path to just take on more and more challenges how do you did you train for that first 10k I probably ran maybe twice um I was actually I was living at the Olympic Park at living near the Olympic Park at the time in London so I had an in literally incredible facilities on my doorstep mm-hmm. um we actually had like student passes we were paying next to nothing to get into the aquatic center so I had access to this ridiculously insane swimming pool we used to go to the gym and we'd see Tom Daly training in the in the room next to us um but I just wasn't using it at all it's just it's hilarious I think if I could go back to that time I'd slap myself around the face and yeah use this (laughs) yeah god yeah especially if you're not paying that much for it oh it's crazy yeah god imagine training like Ironman at that point with those facilities don't I can't I can't (laughs) because I did I did wonder which discipline came first like obviously it's running as you've just said so like you did that first race and felt amazing afterwards yeah Um, 
so how far how long after that that you 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 went in to enter other events um so I think it was a couple of months after that that a friend of mine um who was working for a charity said that she had some places for some charity places for uh the London Marathon and she was she asked if any of us were interested um and I I did not think I could do a marathon but then but then I was I was thinking more and more about it and I was like well you know why not I could I could have a go and what's the worst that can happen I'll just have to sort of walk around if I can't can't do it um so I said yes and also raised a lot of money for charity which was quite fun uh, and good Mm. and uh that was probably yeah the pretty much the following year that I that I did London Marathon what year was that 2016 yeah that's crazy how many people can say they were approached and said well do you want this London space I've got literally literally it was I mean it's it's laughable now yeah at the time I was like oh um it was called the brain and spine foundation so they actually um they're a really great charity and they provide a lot of support for people with um well brain and spine conditions um which uh which is they're just they're just they have, they've got nurses and 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 specialists on hand to sort of help people out and give people advice and um they're just doing some really really great stuff so i i was really happy to run for them that's amazing i've never heard anyone be approached like oh do you want a space i know right it's literally crazy yeah and like so i think sometimes with some of these charity places you have to put like a down payment on as well to be able yeah. to secure them because there's such a demand for these spaces yeah i think i think in general it seems like the bigger charities that's always the case um if you if you have a look at some of the smaller charities they generally and and those are actually the charities that really need the support support, Um, yeah so you know find one that if if you are interested in doing it find one that you're sort of passionate about um and then you know it's it's going to be the same sort of effort that you're going to put into raising money it's usually the same sort of target so yeah it's worth doing how how was that first marathon experience for you? Um, yeah, it was. I mean, it was London. So you've done London, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what it's like. It's just it's. I think I I came around. Um, I don't know if you know the the bit by Cutty Sark with with the big yeah. ship. Yes. You yeah. Kind of you you you're running and you you're coming around the corner. It's only just you know. I mean, you're still like sardines as people all around you, but you're coming around the corner and you can kind of hear like a rumble and you're not really sure what it is. And then you go around the corner and it's just an eruption of the crowd and you're like, mm. whoa. whoa. <laughs> yeah. So I was literally running with my mouth open for a good half a mile. Like I can't believe how loud that was. It was amazing. Yeah. It is that bit is quite it's quite scary actually. If you don't know it's coming, yeah. Like, it, it, like I think part of the race that you the crowd is so loud. Yeah, the cheers are massive. That I think your adrenaline just absolutely spikes through the roof. Yeah, going it's, around. it's crazy. And and I was you know looking at my watch like oop, better slow down. I'm going a little bit too fast here. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, that that day was just it was a dream. And uh, running conditions that day were 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 perfect as well. So. Yeah, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed that day. Yeah, not like the 2018. That was like oh yeah, six degrees or 28 well, degrees. Yeah, the year. Do, do you know what's quite funny? How things come full circle. So my dad, his first time doing London was in 2007, on the same day that you and I were doing the under 18s Welsh finals in Cardiff, which we wow. won. And that was one of the hottest years on record that they've ever done. <sighs> <laughs> until until 2018 then yeah it, 2018 yeah. is now yeah yeah, yeah. 
you know, I and I'd seen a photo of your dad doing yeah before, but I don't think it was that year. I think I feel like it was was it that year that I've yeah, seen? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Was he a runner then? Yeah. So so my dad was. Um, a massive massive runner that he we every time we go on like a family holiday he would be up at the crack of dawn um go for a run to basically suss out whatever city we were in so that he knew exactly where we were going for the day um so yeah he's always been a runner he used to run marathons every year and um I think probably that's if you actually go back to it that's where my sort of interest in running probably started from um mm. I definitely look like him when I run <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you probably had that that influence before yeah. then, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think oh, so. That's amazing, and that's amazing that you're now doing that, and a bit yeah. like like a part of him is always with you then. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really it's really it's been nice to be able to carry that on, and and my sister now really likes running as well. She's done she's done t- uh, two marathons, and yeah, it's really cool that we have that kind of connection. Oh, that's lovely that she's into it as well. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. Really nice. So that London marathon then you did in 2016. So so you would have done, was Ironman that year or was it the following? Uh, 2017 was the first Ironman. Right. So when, when was it you thought, right, I'm gonna, I mean, like, where did the swimming and the cycling come in? When did you think I want to do an Ironman? Well, um, I think so a, a friend of mine are uh, fairly soon after London uh, she asked if I wanted to uh, do a triathlon a sprint triathlon Saundersfoot triathlon is um, quite a good beginner triathlon and um, I sort of laughed at her and was like ah, I can't swim I'm bottom heavy um, never I haven't ridden a bike since I was 10 like no way um, and but at the same time, my fian- now fiance was training for Iron- his first Ironman and he was getting into triathlon. Um, so I thought about it and I thought, well, why not? I could get a sort of beginner setup bike, um, go and do some like adult swimming lessons and I'll just get around a sprint triathlon, see if I can do that. Um, so I did it and I, I, I just about got round. I was I did swim breaststroke for a bit in the sea because that was the first time I ever swam in the sea um, and uh, just about got round the bike course, obviously flew around the run course. Um, and then, yeah, and I was like, wow, uh, that was amazing. Um, and then probably, yeah, so that December um, I was at our club's Christmas hockey do. Uh, notoriously a big night for drinking um <laughs> so had definitely had had a few fermented um apple juices <laughs> and uh one of the other girls from the team was um had actually signed up for Ironman already and she kind of um sort of whispered to me that she'd signed up and then started egging me on to sign up on my phone in Weatherspoons. <laughs> so um Yeah, so actually the story of how I signed up for my first Ironman was um, honestly that I got drunk um, and signed up. And the next morning then I woke up to an email um, that basically a confirmation email to say I'd signed up. Not only had I signed up to Ironman, but I'd also spelt my name wrong. So I then had to contact (laughs) them and uh, explain that I'd spelt my own name wrong on the sign up form. That's Um, so Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and the thing is, that's a bit of a big price to pay when you're drunk because yep. 
Iron Man <laughs> not cheap. Did you pay for it there and then as well when you were yeah. online? That yeah. Was easy. I was like, yeah. And then I just had sort of flashbacks to me standing on the chair in Weatherspoons being like, I'm going to be an Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Because it's like £400, isn't it? Is it more than that? Yeah. 450 Yeah. I don't know how much it is now. It's um, it's most likely to have gone yeah. up, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's so hard now, isn't it, to get into Iron Man Iron Man Wales? Yeah, yeah, I mean, this year was the tenth year anniversary, so they they sold out within within seconds. Um, mm-hmm. Well, not seconds. I mean, probably a couple of hours of, of going live, and um, a lot of people that wanted places didn't get places. Um, so yeah, it was it was the first year that they've sold out that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, previous years, you could literally get spaces up till a couple of weeks before. Yeah. So, um, it's pretty crazy, isn't it, how, how much, um, you know, all disciplines of a, of a triathlon, so even, you know, just the, the running races, how much um, it has increased in popularity in the last two years or it's, even 18 months. It's, fen- it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, I do think as well it's to do with a lot of it, you see it and then you want to do it. Um, yeah. And... I mean, I, I know, I don't know if it's, it's probably because I got a lot of friends who are into sort of fitness and things, but I, a large percentage of the people I know have done an Ironman or have thought about doing an Ironman. So, um, I think having it on our our doorstep has had a big impact on, you know, us believing that we can do it because we see people we know doing it and we think, oh, well, if, you know, if they can do it, then why can't I? Yeah. Yeah. And for anyone listening, obviously, um, might not be aware, but we live in in Pembrokeshire is where Ironman Wales is held mm. every September. And like, like you say, you know, you see everyone, you know, locally being able yeah. to do that. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's one of the t- Ironman Wales is one of the toughest, isn't it? The toughest. Uh, uh, I would think I think I think Lanzarote maybe. Lanzarote is the first, isn't it? Yeah. But Ironman, I think, is, is definitely renowned for Ironman Wales is renowned for its hard course because of the hilly and the elevation especially for the marathon at the end yeah um I'd say probably the bike course is 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 the toughest um uh in terms of the three Mm -hmm. um but then that's because my um my my strongest suit is running so I I quite I don't mind the run at all Uh, I mean I do mind the run (laughs) any Ironman run is not fun I can guarantee but yeah yeah I look that, forward and that's to what amazes me is is how people can possibly run a marathon following that swim and 112 miles on the bike yeah yeah it yeah. seems crazy but when you do it then it seems also crazy but once it's done then it seems less crazy <laughs> yeah. so are you hoping to do another one in the future um yeah I think I've got one more in me um I don't know when uh when that'll be we've got a lot of weddings coming up my sister's getting married this year um I'm getting married the following year so um maybe after that when, yeah um when there's less wedding fever yeah we're a bit bored just sign up to uh, another one the thing is as we as we were chatting earlier to to train for like any event obviously takes dedication time commitment but mm. and then you know training marathon training is is a huge huge commitment but I mean Training for Ironman is a whole other, whole other, a whole other thing, really. So yeah. having, you know, having the time, you really, really, you know, like you say, you've got to be totally in it. How did you find training for Ironman around a busy work schedule? Because obviously, you were still working the same job you're doing now. 
Uh, actually, when I was doing Ironman, I was working for Amazon at the time. And um, so I was I was based for my first Ironman. We were actually in the process of um, launching at one of their flagship robotic site over in Essex. Um, so it was like so when whilst I was working for them, I was also working as um, an area manager for them. So um, that meant I, I was built in. I was based in their fulfillment centers, um, which are their giant metal sheds where they keep all this stuff. Um, and would be walking up to sort of seven to 10 miles a day some days um, okay. and sort of standing desks. And, um, and I loved it. I loved being active and I loved like that kind of boom, 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 like go, go, go kind of atmosphere. But it meant that <laughs> if you're trying to walk like seven miles a day and then go and train afterwards, it was really taking a toll on my legs. <laughs> so fatigue was setting in quite a lot. Um, but I think... Uh, what I realized was that because my job was active, I realized that I need to also consider the the stuff that I'm doing at work and the steps or, or whatever, the miles that I'm walking at work when I'm thinking about how much training I'm doing. Yeah. Um, because otherwise you can very easily fall into the trap of um, sort of going in, going down a lot of fatigue and um, and then, you know, doing damage and potentially, you know, getting injured, which is which is then a real pain for anyone that has been injured um, they know the feeling um so yeah I mean I used to um I when I was when I moved over to Essex I had already signed up to Ironman so I based everything on that move based on training so my location I was like I want to be near a gym I want to be no far further than five minutes from work because I want to literally leave work go straight to the gym and be at home because I know I'm going to be finishing some nights at like 9 p.m and I'm going to just have an hour to just smash something out um even just go to the gym and just do a hard half an hour and then and then be done so like everything all the logistics of my life were based around Ironman training I needed to be based like close to somewhere where I could go cycling as well because Essex isn't the best place for cycling unless you're sort of close to the countryside so all, all of those things were, I mean, a lot of those decisions were, were based on the fact that I was training for an Ironman. You have to be, yeah. you have to, you have to consider have to. that. Mm -hmm. um, and when, when you're, when you're planning, if you're thinking about doing it, like really consider all of the things that are going on in your life. And, you know, like if you've got kids, you need to make sure that, you know, <laughs> childcare is probably going to be a thing. Because if you're going off for an eight hour ride on a weekend, like, you can't just rely on one person to look after the kids all that time. Or if you can, then at least have the conversation with that person beforehand. Um, yeah, you, you really have to just think of all of those things before before you commit and before you before you pay the money. I'm lucky. I, I don't have those kind of. Um, I say I'm lucky. I, I, I currently I don't have those commitments. I don't have those ties. Mm -hmm. So I was able to. I I had the freedom to be able to just drunkenly sign up and and, and do it, but. But, you know, I still had to, you know, consider my life and, and you know, work and everything and, and try and build that around the fact that I was going to be training for an Ironman. Yeah, absolutely. And were, were you not both training for Ironman at the same time as well during one of them? Um, yeah, the second one, both Ed and I were doing doing Ironman. Um, and how, yeah. does, how does that even work? Like, did, were you literally ships yeah passing, passing yeah, ships in the night yeah it's it hilarious like I'd be coming back from a ride he'd be going off for a run and we'd like sort of high five each other and then carry on you know like yeah. <laughs> it's and we both worked sort of really busy jobs as well like I was obviously up in Essex working for Amazon and Ed's a dairy farmer so you know 
we we didn't have that much time together but where we again we just made sure we planned time to like if ed was going on a recovery run maybe he'd come with me on one of my faster runs or something to sort of so that we could at least be together for for that time yeah um, so yeah it's all about planning and coordination yes definitely planning is massive in this isn't it huge. yeah huge so yeah and i think that's what like I mean, I've said to you already, I'm, I'm no cyclist. I am no swimmer and have no intentions to do it. <laughs> but um, I think even, even the planning puts me off. <laughs> you haven't got time for it. And like you say, you've really got to be, it's got to be like your only commitment almost. Yeah. So much time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's tough. I think, yeah, you really, really, if, if you can afford to be selfish, then great. But if you have commitments elsewhere you should really consider those and have conversations with people before before signing up because it does it does have a big impact on your life yeah which is that's great advice actually to give anyone yeah Um, and what would you say it takes to become an endurance athlete um I'd say there's probably one golden rule and that's that's commitment um I think uh life life can get in the way sometimes and you, you, you 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 have to be you can't be hard on yourself all the time, but you have to try and you have to be constantly reminding yourself of the goal. Um, I think it, it just lets you, if you visualize, okay, I, I need to, I want to cross that finish line, then it just gives you that strength to just lace up your trainers and get out the door. Um, mm-hmm. And then just, just be absolutely committed and, and, and know that that's your goal and, and you're going to do it. Um, I think anybody is capable of doing anything they set their mind to. Um, and I honestly mean that because the amount of self-doubt I had when I first signed up for Ironman, um, I, I, I mean, I really was, I was having nightmares just until, you know, up until the day that I wasn't going to be able to finish. Like I was just going to get swept up by the sweeper and I wasn't going to finish in time because there are cutoffs. Like quite, you know, they're not, they're not strict, strict, but you know, the, the, especially on the bike I'm not a strong cyclist so I was worried that I'd just get swept up and I wouldn't get onto the run um but but then that sort of in in a weird way it kind of drove me forward to just carry on putting in the miles and carry on you know squeezing in those late late night sessions and and putting in the effort and just dealing with the exhaustion and and moving forward um so yeah I think I think anyone can put anything anyone can do anything that they put their mind to because I I truly I truly didn't think I'd be able to do some of the stuff that I've done in the last few years and and I've been able to do it so I think anyone can do it yeah that's good good advice and you said you were having nightmares up until literally (laughs) the day how did you feel so just quickly how did you feel on the day of that first Ironman like were you ready were you really nervous yeah Uh, did you use any mindset hacks um yeah, I think, uh, yeah, good, good, good question, actually. Uh, mindset wise, I think because I'd been training so much, I was saying to myself, oh, it's just like doing like all of my training from a weekend in one day. So mm-hmm. I was like, first, I'm going to go for a normal swim in Tenby Harbour, which is where I always swim. So it's fine. Um, and I'm just going to do that. And then I'm going to get out and, you know, I'll have a sandwich <laughs> in transition <laughs> and then get on my bike and do a lovely cycle. Um, and then just, you know, run, run a marathon. Um, 
it sounds silly but like you kind no, of does. I think I like that like you, breaking it down you break it down and and you know if you actually break it down those three things on their own weren't too scary at that time because I'd been you know training so so then that allowed me to just digest it and just focus on the task at hand at each point mm-hmm. um and then you know the bike is the longest section and and I did in my head because I knew the course so well, because I've been cycling it all summer, I knew like different checkpoints that I wanted to be at at different times. And I was basically just focusing on making sure I was hitting those targets. Um, and, and then that was, that allowed me to kind of, like you say, break it down into chunks and, and be able to digest it. Cause it is quite, quite scary. Um, when you're, when you're stood there listening to the Welsh national anthem and yeah. your sort of emotions are going and, um you see people around you crying uh, it, yeah. it's a it's a real it's a real it's an interesting time like everybody you can see everyone around you is in is going through the same sort of like that stuff in their head um and they're just sort of just trying to get their their nerves calmed enough to just jump in the water and just go um it's it's a real special time yeah especially having that um welsh national anthem played right at the beginning oh yeah yeah that's, I mean, that's epic I mean, it's already an amazing national anthem, like, yeah. <laughs> but added with all all the um, excitement around. Actually, the second time that I did Iron Man, just after the anthem played, um, a guy in front of me in his wetsuit pulled out an engagement ring and proposed to his girlfriend, which was who was stood <laughs> at the barriers. No way! <laughs> and, and literally, everyone around me was crying. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> that was amazing!" I'm glad he did it at the start as well. Well, I was thinking was How late to get lose me. Yeah. What if he'd lost the ring? Can you imagine? Yeah. My God, yeah, that was a bit risky, isn't it? Yeah, it was risky, but um, yeah. played him. she said yes. <laughs> and you see lots of people get engaged at, like, marathons and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a thing. That, was that how you and Ed got engaged? No, no, we just we just got bog standard Newgale Beach. Um, he got down on one knee. He was he was really nervous, and I, I thought he'd signed up to another Ironman. I thought that's why he was nervous, because he, he wanted to tell me. Um, but I, <laughs> he was just, I was like, what have you done? What have you signed up for? Um, but yeah, he, uh, he proposed. Yeah. So cute. <clears throat> I've seen um, before um, a running couple from New York who decided they didn't want a normal wedding. So what they did was run the half marathon. They Was it marathon or half? They run this race that they'd always run together. And mm. basically, at the halfway point, they're like, right, well, we might as well marry here and then carry on with the race. Can <laughs> you imagine That's you guys that. doing something like that? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. But, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, think, I think something active triathlon running-wise will yeah. be featured in our wedding. I haven't really worked out what yet, though. <clears throat> Yeah, I wasn't. I'm not surprised one bit. <laughs> um, right. So this year, um, I'm looking forward to talking about this. Um, you did the Bracken to Cardiff Ultra Marathon mm. on under such crazy, crazy conditions. It was Storm Kira, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, that was one of the. Fir- I think that was one of the first storms we had. This feels like. Doesn't this feel like a lifetime ago now? Literally, I can't believe that was February. That's crazy. How how did that go? Um, well, it could have gone better, to be fair. But um, I mean, like, I think I just have this weird curse on me. So the first time I did Ironman Wales. The, the conditions were horrible um, it was blowing a gale it rained um, it was just driving rain into my face a lot of the time 
Um, it was a pretty miserable day. Um, and then pretty much the same thing happened for my first ultra. So um, I've decided that every time I do a big challenge, I think the first time it's always going to be horrible weather. So I'm just I'm just prepared for that now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was pretty much everything that could have gone wrong went wrong um, the night before. Uh, oh. As we were driving up to Cardiff, I I get these horrible migraines sometimes, and I had I had one the night before the race, um, and often that means the next morning I wake up really dehydrated and um, just groggy and horrible. Um, and we had to be up at about half past four to sort of get the bus up to Brecon. Um, but yeah, I just I just kind of just kept sipping water and um, was listening to the storm outside pick up. Um, yeah, it was, mm. I think I, I'd say actually that I probably was more nervous for that than I was for, for IMM Wales. Really? Yeah, just because I think, I mean, so... If that had been, so every other event that weekend had been cancelled. I think it was the same weekend as Llanelli Half Marathon yeah. that was cancelled. Every other event had been cancelled. Um, I think they were amber warnings. Um, mm. And But what I learned was that ultra marathon runners and trail runners are way more hardcore than <laughs> than road runners that's what I've realized from this yeah. whole experience so they were basically you know they were like um and and they did they did take advice to be fair they weren't they weren't gonna you know risk people's risk people like people people's lives over it they did say if there was a red weather warning that it would would be off but they were basically like no nope, we're going ahead make sure you've got your waterproofs with you um you know all your safety gear and stuff <laughs> and there uh, off you go <laughs> so yeah it was a bit weird it was yeah it was like it was just it was the the worst conditions that I've ever run in um oh my god so the first I... the first two um sort of six miles you're running along a canal and maybe every two miles I think there was a tree down so you'd have to like climb over it um and it was just driving rain and hail into your face the whole way um and then you've pretty much got like a nine mile climb up to the top of um one of the one of the peaks in the Brecon Beacons mm. And it's just, you're just, it's a constant dragging climb and it was just wind and hail and rain in your face. And at the top, uh, as you got to the peak, there was so much wind that it was literally pulling our, our jackets back and strangling us. Um, and I could just, so I was running with a friend, my friend Miriam, she's one of my best mates and um, thank God she was there because I think if she hadn't have been there, I probably wouldn't have got all the way around. Um, but yeah, we, we, I knew that once we got to the other side of the mountain, it would be okay because the rest of the course is is actually okay. It's it's fairly sort of uh, mm. it's sheltered and and it's a, it was all right. But I mean, it still wasn't great. We were soaked through the whole way around. Um, but yeah, definitely definitely up there with one of the the toughest challenges that I've done. <laughs> I remember thinking like, how on earth that race still went ahead? Like you said, they were amber warnings. They were they were winds of like eighty mile per hour yeah. and like torrential rain. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that you were able to see much at all ahead nope. of you no it was it was pretty tough it was pretty yeah. tough and the second I think the, the third checkpoint um which was just the other side of the mountain and mm. uh, there was people leaving in taxis all over the place um everyone, yeah yeah it was it was pretty it was a lot I wonder what the percentage was um that actually finished the race on that day um I think percentage of uh dnfs was was fairly high it wasn't that high but the percentage of dns like did not start was quite high yeah i think it was almost like it was a lot it was like 15 to 20 percent or something and i wouldn't blame you if you actually contemplated at the beginning do you know what 
nah, not doing yeah. this. Yeah, no, well, when we started running, I, I was like, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Because <laughs> oh you can't you... even break it up. It's yeah. not like, oh, it's not like swim, bike, run. It's just run, run, run. Yeah. Yeah. And like for you, this was your first ultramarathon. What made you choose that for your first? Um, I'll tell you exactly why. It's because the day that the Ironman Wales link went live at the, at the end of last year, um, I was thinking about signing up for it again. And then I realized that I couldn't justify paying all that money to do it. And also my sister's getting married this year. So I knew I wasn't supposed to do it this year. <laughs> um, so I, I took myself off and gave myself a st- stern warning. But I was like, I need to sign up for something, something. new. Yeah. So um, I messaged my friend and I'd actually had my eye on this ultra for a while because it's one of the sort of um, it's the it's one of the sort of less traily ultras. Um, and I have a weak ankle. So it's I was looking for some, something I wanted to do an ultra for a while. And that was probably one of the best ones I could have done, given my weak ankle. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, why not? Why? Why can't I just sign up to it? And I, I messaged my friend Miriam and she was like, yeah, OK, cool. There's a bargain. It was 50 quid gets you gets you a bus trip up to Brecon as well so um yeah so we just signed up and we started training that is a bargain isn't it for a race it's an absolute bargain I I I gotta tell you and it was really good and you got you know medal at the end and all the the feed stations were really well equipped and the marshals were great and yeah it was it was great yeah Yeah. how did you you um train for fueling because you know fueling an Ironman is is one story isn't it but like fueling yeah. an ultra is is very different isn't it yeah I think because with the Ironman you're you can just pretty much smash down on the bike I mean yeah. I was eating I was eating sandwiches and um picking up anything pretty much from the feed stations um but with an ultra it's a different I mean it depends on your stomach really like I my stomach's sort of not great so I I try and avoid anything that might sort of make me feel a bit ill um so yeah, you, you do have to be a bit careful about fueling on 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 an ultra because you don't want to eat anything that's going to make you feel a bit unwell. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found I think for for um, I did have a couple of so brunch bars work really well for me. Um, they've got quite a high sort of cal- um, carb content and they taste all right. I find the carb bars really hard to eat, and especially when you're just sick of eating sweet stuff. I find them really hard to chew um, and sort of get down you when when you're sort of coming towards the end. Um, whereas brunch bars, you know, it's like a it's like a chop, it's like a treat, so you, yeah. you kind of get it down. Um, the other thing that was quite good was um, jelly babies because um, yes. it's just pretty much pure sugar, so it just sort of dissolves in your stomach. Um, and well, yeah, that was that was pretty much it. And then I had a I also use Morton when I'm doing shorter distances, which is um, a carb drink um and i think there's about 80 grams of carbs in um i think like 500 ml of water so it's like it's a drink and you just take it on board and it's it's so good it doesn't make you feel horrible at all i can't stand gels i can't i can't take yeah. them they can give you they they gave me stitches for such a long time yeah. i had to take like 45 minutes just to have one gel yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Morton's brilliant. It's it's sort of it do, it doesn't have much taste, so you don't feel uh it's like sweet in your mouth, horrible. Um, yeah. yeah, jelly beans I used to use. I yeah, like jelly beans. Those over jelly babies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got their own like go to, haven't they? Definitely, and I think I think the key with fueling is just um just 
try before you do your race always try it don't just take a punt on the day because you might regret it doesn't yeah. matter what it is if it's your first marathon or your first Ironman mm-hmm. practice your fueling make sure you've got exactly the right, right amount you eat don't change your strategy on the day because <laughs> nine times out of ten you're going to regret it I would say nothing new on race day always always <laughs> oh and what I definitely do I've done that before done that yeah. several times and lived yeah. it big time and, and you'll give the advice and then you'll just ignore yourself yeah. <laughs> it's because those nerves kick in and you think right yeah. oh, no I need one of this oh I need this I need that yeah yeah and then, and then you tempt fate and then yeah. you're very sorry afterwards exactly exactly um what what advice would you give to anyone listening? There's a lot of runners obviously listen to this podcast. Yeah. Um, and a lot would probably contemplate and consider entering an ultra marathon. What would your advice, having just completed your first now a um, couple of months ago, what would be your advice in training and entering an ultra marathon? Um, I think uh I suppose there's a few things that I would say. The first thing is with ultra marathon running, um, if, especially if it's your first one. Don't worry about the pace. Just focus on getting as many miles in as you can, um, because you'll get past the you'll get past the sort of thirty mile mark, and I promise it's going to hurt if it's the first time you've run that far. Um, and you definitely don't want to look back and go, "Oh, I wish I'd run a bit slower in those first thirty miles because I'm suffering now." Yeah. Um, so just just run slow and get loads of miles in. Um, it doesn't have to be like you don't have to go out for like a thirty mile ride uh, run in training. Like you can do like twenty miles on on the Saturday and then maybe ten miles on the Sunday if you want. It doesn't have to be all in one go. You don't have to run the distance beforehand, but just run slow and run a lot. Um, and that will stop you getting injured because if you try and, you know, if you're smashing out interval sessions all the time and also, you know, smashing out the miles, you're you're going to really suffer and, and you could potentially get injured, um, which is not what you want. Um, so I'd say definitely go slow. I'd also say to recce the course beforehand because um, if you're normally a road runner, if you're a marathon runner, um, you'll be used to having marshals and maybe even closed roads. Um, generally, ultra marathons are more like trail runs. Um, you are expected to carry a lot of your kit with you. Um, that's another thing. Practice running with your kit. Um, you're expected to run with your kit with you and you're kind of also expected a lot of the time to navigate yourself so there's not always going to be closed roads there's definitely not always going to be supporters along the way um, to sort of point you in the right direction so so recce the course beforehand if you can um, myself and Miriam went up to Brecon um, a couple of times before and just um, sort of recced sections of the course um, so that we knew where we were going on the day um, that really helped yeah it's it is a different experience from from going and doing like I don't know Edinburgh Marathon or London Marathon it's um it's a lot more you're a lot more self-sufficient and you're expected to have all your kit with you um Mm. so yeah get get used to that different different experience don't try and just assume that it's going to be the same as running a marathon but a bit longer because it's it's not yeah that's brilliant advice actually um and a lot of people don't get around to being able to recce um so I suppose it's just, you know, um, practicing, you know, even your navigation skills. Perhaps. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And just study the map beforehand. If I mean, I'm not particularly great with navigation. I'm all right. But, um, you know, like know the map. And like if you're not sure on anything beforehand, like on the registration the night before or the day before, whatever, go, go and speak to the guys that know the course and just say, I'm not quite sure in this section. It looks a bit confusing. Can you just explain it to me? What does it look like? And what do I need to look out for? Are there any landmarks or anything? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. 
that's great advice that's one thing that puts me off actually my navigation yeah. skills <laughs> uh, do it with a friend as well I mean yes I, I, to be honest with you I relied on Miriam for a lot yeah, I was going to say I'll just employ someone who's really <laughs> good with navigation yeah yeah and map reading <laughs> so weird yeah Right, so my finish line, can you tell us how, how did this all start? Because this, my finish line has got a snazzy website. It's really cool. Yeah, so, so my finish line is essentially, it's an online platform for runners and triathletes to share their training for different events. Um, so essentially uh, what you do is you go on and if I say let's just say I've just completed Brecon to Cardiff the ultra marathon I'll go on and I'll say upload a, a plan and I'll say right I started training um in uh, let's say November 2019 I finished training in February 2020 on a certain date and and it would pull all of my workouts from Strava between those two dates and then convert them into a training plan for somebody else to follow essentially and then I can attach pictures to that I can attach tips to that um, and then somebody else that is then thinking about doing that race can go and see how I trained for the race and also see all my advice on on what I you know pretty much everything that I've just said about um, you know wrecking the course and 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 race specific advice which is really good because what I was finding as well was um, the the social media and stuff it's quite hard to find advice for a specific race so what we're trying to do is basically centralize and make it easy for people to share race specific advice and race specific training um so the idea actually came about um the same sort of hungover morning that i woke up having signed up uh, for ironman wales um i it's a personal preference thing but i i I don't I'm not coached I prefer to sort of make it up as I go along it just fits better with my schedule mm-hmm. um but I also like to see what other people who are a similar ability to me have done to train for a race that I'm about to do because it allows me to like picture myself being able to take those steps I can kind of mentally see oh that person did it this way so therefore mm-hmm. if I, I roughly follow that sort of similar path then I'm going to also be able to achieve that same goal mm-hmm. um so so that's where the idea sort of it was kind of, um, it started, I, I was basically looking at people's Strava accounts that I knew were a similar ability to me and seeing the ones that had already finished Ironman Wales and seeing what they'd done to basically train for that. Um, and what I was noticing on the sort of social media groups was a lot of people were putting up messages like, hey, has anyone got a um, Strava account I can follow just to get a rough idea of what I need to do to be training? So I noticed other people were doing similar things. Um, yeah. And I was like, well, why is it so hard to get, you know, advice for a race or just to see how somebody trained for a race I, I shouldn't have to go to someone's Strava and then scroll back you know yeah that's hard work to do that. exactly yeah and, and not everybody would would bother because maybe they don't know how mm. um so so that's where the idea was born from and um I sort of thought about how I was going to make it happen um I met with a couple of I, I couldn't code at the time I, I was working as a manager at Amazon and I wasn't technical so I met with a couple of freelancers and I was getting quoted at like loads massive money just to build like a basic basic version of the website um and then I ended up um going to a demo day for a coding school in London and uh, I saw what basically the students on that on that course that had just finished, what they'd built. Um, and I was like, well, why can't I learn how to code? Um, so I did. I signed up for the boot camp and did nine weeks intensive learning with them. Um, 
And now I'm working full time as a software engineer and I launched my website and um, yeah. That's That's mad. I didn't realize that's how it all, that is how it came about. And how on earth did you learn to code in nine weeks? Was that alongside your job as well at the time? So I actually took a sabbatical to go and do that full time. Um, I basically was like, well, I could, I'm going to go give this a go. Um, If I suck, then I can go back to my job and just, you know, get on with my life. But um, I just fell in love with it and was like, whoa, I just definitely want to do this. And and I'm so passionate about, you know, my finish line and making it happen and and making it a useful platform for runners and triathletes and and getting it out there. So I was like, well, I'm just going to do that. And then um, and then actually I decided I then left my job and started working on getting my app ready to launch and uh, in the process actually met with a guy in Swansea um, who was also building a startup and he offered me a job uh, as well uh, as a software engineer so that I could sort of you know keep some money in and you know keep the lights on essentially whilst I was still still working on my app and um, so I so I took that job and I'm still doing that and still working on my finish line so um, yeah just That's just amazing. trying to trying to get as many people on the platform as possible because the more people that sort of upload plans the more useful it is for others to come and have a look and sort of have yes. a nose at what other people are doing yeah which then brings in more people again isn't it exactly yeah so that's that's what we're hoping and we're we're not trying to you know it's a free website we want to make it useful free um and that's what i love about it as well it's free yeah there's so many um sites out there or um plans that that you do pay for and and yeah i can understand why because you know, yeah. they're different plans and they are worth, worth the money and paying for, especially yeah. when you're signing up to a, a, an epic event, a big event that's cost a lot of money and, you know, you need to do it properly. I can understand yeah. why. Yeah. But that that is what is brilliant about uh, it's, it's really it's really I mean training is so personal to everyone. Everyone has their own sort of ways and means about going about things. Some people prefer having a coach. They they prefer having that sort of strict rigid routine that is set by somebody and somebody's holding them accountable to make sure that they do their do their training. And others just want to know, you know, if, especially if it's your first event, they just roughly want to know what to do and they want to be able to go onto a website and pick up ideas and, um, you know, see how other people have done it or, you know, see some, read some blogs and, and get some advice and um, just make up their, find their own way by doing it that way. That's the way, that's the way I've always done different challenges. I, I've always found that useful. And I know that there are other people out there that feel the same. So I just wanted to provide a platform for others to do that. That's brilliant that that came from your drunken psychic <laughs> How mad is that? Like how it's changed your whole... It honestly has. And I, I've got to be honest as well. I think it's, it's, changed, um, it's changed the way that I approach things. I think I'm, I'm more confident as a person. I definitely have more belief in myself. I'm, I'm more willing to sort of go out on a limb. And, and that applies to like most things in my life now, um, like whether it's work, you know, I would, I can't imagine me having left my sort of, you know, stable, good job at Amazon to go and start a company in a, in an industry that I knew nothing about. If I hadn't have done Iron Man first, I, I think it gave me that courage. Um, and I don't know, maybe it just also is, it's just a coincidence and maybe I just grew up in that time and I did get confident and it all happened at the same time. But I, I honestly think it, it made me believe in myself a lot more and and more willing to take risks and 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 take on new challenges that's amazing 
What um, <clears throat> have you used um, someone else's plan from the website? So I want to hear like a good news story from there. Yeah. So um, actually a friend of mine, when I first signed up to Brecken to Cardiff, I knew he'd done the race beforehand. Um, so I was just like, hey, man, can you just upload uh, can you just upload your training from two years ago when you did the race? And he just did it like it was done within two minutes and I could see how he trained. That's and amazing. I was like, I was like, oh, man, I love my website. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, this is so useful. I actually needed it at that time. And I was like, that, that was great. I could see exactly how he trained. And then and I could and that was where I got the ideas, the idea to do the double weekends rather than trying to cram in 30 miles in one day. I could see that he'd done that. So then I just I took that and I, I applied it. I've actually uploaded my own plan now. So if anyone wants to um, see how I trained, you, you can go onto the website and see it. Yeah, no, def- definitely heard a lot about the double run days. That's because I was going to yeah. take for St. Estes this year. I think it was May. Uh-huh. It would have been it would have been Monday coming actually. Obviously, yeah. with the net gate that 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 was never going to happen because yeah. I've been running for seven months. Yeah, um, but that would that would have been how I would have approached was was double run days because they're yeah. less impactful for for injuries. Absolutely. Um, when I was looking at the website, I, I could see quite a good few plans on there. Do you know what? Like, I haven't actually downloaded or uploaded any of my... Um, yeah. So I haven't uploaded any of my training. I haven't used it yet for a plan, obviously, because I've yeah. been... But it is something that I will use. Maybe even um, Bracken to Cardiff one day. Who knows? Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. But we've we've used the site for something with clubs. So I just wanted to say how easy it was. Um and I'm assuming, you know, like with the with our handicap series, I'm assuming yeah. it's very similar where you just enter the date from yeah. then to and just say upload. As long as you've then authorized your Strava account to my yep. finish line, it'll just grab all the information. Literally that easy. So yeah. easy. It's mad. Because I remember thinking, right, how am I going to do that? Like, I didn't think it was going to be difficult to upload my run. Yeah. Like, literally just one 5K run. Yeah. Um, but I just couldn't get over how quick it was. Mm. Yeah, yeah, just it's super fast. fast. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we, I spent a lot of time just trying to simplify that process as much as possible because I wanted it to be easy for people to do because otherwise, why would people bother? And I appreciate some people wouldn't want to share their training because maybe they don't want other people to see it. Um, but yeah. we've also tried to make it kind of... Um, as inclusive as possible so if you when you upload your training for example if you look at Monday week one you've got what you have there is a workout card and it'll say maybe five miles run it doesn't include the pace on there we don't include the pace because we don't we, we don't want people to feel self-conscious like oh I don't want to include that in, in my plan because I don't want pe- people to know how slow I ran or something yeah. like that so so the idea is that you know, we want people of all abilities to upload plans because then it's useful for, again, people of all abilities who are trying to figure out how to train for a race. I mean, yeah. now I, I wanted to look at somebody's plan who is a little bit more experienced than me. So I might look at, you know, one of the guys from our running club uploaded a plan the other day for a really fast marathon. And I've been looking at what he's doing for for when I want to do Manchester later on, hopefully, fingers crossed this yes. year, um, because I, I want to see, see how a sort of faster person... How that person got so much faster mm. um, whereas if you're the first timer you, you you can actually look at plans based on someone's experience so you can filter on the website to say only show me plans for London Marathon beginners mm. so like then it will just return the plans for somebody who is a beginner who trained for London Marathon and show you how that beginner trained for that race fab it's amazing um 
I was about to say something, then I've just lost what I was going to say. That was quite. I'm sure it was a question I, as well. I was waffling. That's why. No, you weren't. You weren't. Um, it might come back to me in a minute. Oh, that's right. Right. So when you're uploading, that was one question that came to my mind. If someone's done, like, say, for example, they, um, they're a runner, so it's only running that they're uploading. Yeah. But if they've done other activities within those weeks, such as, like, you know, um, on your Garmin, you can record other activities. It Cycling, can be, yeah. Yeah, or, like, a weight session, or, like, I do a lot of yoga. Would that upload with it? Yep. So yeah. ev- every single Strava activity is imported. Um, you then have the control before... Um, as as it uploads you basically you can you can remove workouts if you if you don't think that they're relevant Mm -hmm. so you you basically decide what do you think is useful for another person looking at this if you if you did like a if you accidentally recorded like five minutes of you I don't know sitting on your sofa and it's you know not useful then you can you can just delete that from your plan it won't delete it from your Strava account but it will delete it from your or if you think you you know you did a session and, and it wasn't actually you think that maybe that session wasn't that useful for that week again you can delete that it won't delete it from your Strava account it's just deleting it from your plan on my finish line Um, and you can then also add sessions so let's say you missed a session that you wanted to do on the Monday because maybe you were unwell you can also add a session manually just to say okay also I did did this I would have done this session on that on that Monday Mm -hmm. Um, again just based on what you think would be useful for somebody just to give them an idea of how how to train for the for the race that's really cool I like that you can like choose that that's good because actually some of the additional activities could be helpful for someone else to see okay this is this is how they this is how they trained this is how they kept fit and this is how they prevented perhaps prevented injury or exactly exactly so like yoga sessions pilates sessions strength sessions whatever it is yeah yeah that's brilliant. And literally, and anyone looking for this, um, the link will be in the show notes to go straight to the website, or you can just Google my finish line and it should come straight up. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously on Instagram as well. Yep. Um, so how have your goals maybe changed for this year and next year? I know we spoke a little bit about, you know, there is another Ironman in you one day. <laughs> Um, and obviously got big wedding this year and a very big wedding next year yeah um so yeah what are your goals looking like now due to current uh, circumstances um so manchester is still currently scheduled for october so hopefully that will go ahead um most of my other races for this year have been either cancelled or postponed to next year um so i think i'll probably just assess this i'm actually quite enjoying um having a bit of a break from endurance at the moment and just focusing on you know like you say some virtual challenges and um working on a bit of pace and strength and um and general fitness as well um i think that's actually i've been enjoying that quite a lot um Mm. but yeah so so manchester is on the cards for this year um probably a couple more um marathons and halves going into next year um and then hopefully maybe Ironman in 2022 uh we'll see um yeah. and I think long term I I'd I'd really I mean I'd love to sort of think about doing some stage races at some point um yeah. I listened to the episode with Sophie Powell and that was super, yeah. super inspired by that and um, I've been following her on Strava yeah, <laughs> ever <amazing>. since <laughs> um, and also just kind of had a look at her story and I was super inspired um, but yeah I, I would really love to be able to uh, to do some stage races at some point and um, yeah uh, we, we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens but um, as long as the the love of running and triathlon stays then then Stay. I'll just keep keep going 
That's the important thing. And that when um, she signed up for Marathon de Sap, she didn't even know. Sophie mm-hmm. didn't know the distance. It was just like, oh, okay, let's do this. It was really dangerous yeah. for me to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so it's she just possible. she just signed up kind of like the way I signed up for IMM Wales. Like yeah. she, she just did that. I was like, yeah. I, I actually did get a book for Christmas called like, I think, Epic Runs of the World or something. It's like a, a Lonely Planet um, book. And um, Marathon de Saab is in there. And I was having a very good read after that because I had just listened to the episode with Sophie. And um, yeah, it put some ideas in my head. Um, but yeah. But not just yet, not just yet. <laughs> yeah, quite a lot of the guests have done um, Marathon Day Star. We've yeah. got a few. Obviously, Mimi was the recent one. And then um, Kieran, um, who will have just gone out before this episode. Um, yeah, he did it as well. There's quite a lot of people have done that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's becoming the new norm, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's quite easy to be swept away, isn't it? And be Very, very easy. Dangerous, yeah. dangerous. It is dangerous, isn't it? <laughs> Um, so obviously you were just saying as long as your your love for running is still there and you know who yeah. knows you could well be doing these multi-stage um, ultra marathons one day mm-hmm. in the near future um, what would you say is your hashtag why I run so your major reason yeah, that you love running hmm has uh, it got to be one word no it can be it can be a phrase it can be a reason it can be well it could be one word if you want it to be I could never, I can't ever sum up in, in one reason like why I love running. Yeah, it's hard actually. It's hard, isn't it? There's, there's a lot yeah. of reasons. Um, yeah. I'd say uh, sanity, maybe. Yes. <laughs> love that. Um, I, I, I really struggle if I'm not, um, if I'm not active, if I'm for some reason, whether I'm ill and I actually can't run or if I'm injured or um even actually if I'm on holiday and I'm like being forced not to run um I find it really 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 difficult and I just generally feel a little bit more um negative about things um when I'm when I'm running even if I'm like if if the like I'm training with something you know big and it's taking up loads of my time and like draining loads of my energy it still makes me more productive I'm 10 times more productive if I'm training for something and if I'm regular with my exercise um then when I'm not um it just it's yeah sanity that's got to be my why yeah love that (laughs) and I can definitely relate to that one um and what would you say has been your proudest achievement Mm. uh it's a toss-up between Ironman Wales 2016 and Brecon to Cardiff Ultra Um, yeah yeah, they're, they're, they're probably just about on par for me. Um, yeah. But if, if one just took the edge, it would probably be Ironman Wales. Um, yeah. I, I think I overcame a lot of fears to, to do that and a lot of self-doubt. Um, so, yeah. Yes. And I suppose it showed you that day, um, completing that, especially in the lead up and having those nightmares, it showed you that you were capable of a lot more than you thought you were. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, okay, final question for you, as I ask anyone um, and everyone, who would you love to hear on the podcast? That's a really, really hard one. Um, you can name more than one person if it is too much of a toss-up. Hmm. Trying to think of, like, interesting people. Hmm. Hmm. 
I I think is it going to be someone famous or so general rule of thumb you can name anyone you want um it is if i mean preferably alive because i can't like i can't bring anyone back from the dead and you can't see someone famous because who knows where this may go in the future um, um i i so i did actually hear a podcast that i thought was really great the other day it had um lucy gossage um i think she's super yeah, interesting yeah. i think her story is really inspiring um I thought she was great. Which oh, podcast was that on? Do you know? Uh, that was on. I can't remember the name of it either. Um, You'll but have to it was it to me after. Yeah, I will. I will because uh, that's really embarrassing. That I can't remember. Mm. Anyway, I, I'll, I'll try. I'll try and uh, find it and dig out the link and send it to you. But it, it, she was great. Um, I, I love hearing stories uh, about you know people who you think are like absolute rock stars and then they tell you their journey and it's like oh you're just you're just a normal normal person yeah that's what I love Um, every day and the same with when I listened to the Sophie Power episode I I thought exactly the same I was like wow like she's in my head she's like a rock star because she's done all these amazing races and done so well with it but you know like you say she just she just signed up for Marathon de Saab without really knowing what it was Um, so yeah I, I think um yeah I think she would be great um she's done so she's done a lot of Ironman hasn't she yeah 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 yeah. who else who else um maybe Joe Skipper just recently won Ironman New Zealand yeah he's super interesting too um yeah I can't I can't off the top of my head I'm on the spot I should have thought about it before no those those that's that's a great one Lucy and Joe Skipper yeah 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 brilliant thank you so much for your time today Sahar and no worries all about my finish line and hopefully lots of people can go on over sign up and upload some plans and retrieve plans as well keep motivated for next year then yeah yeah if and you know we appreciate all the feedback as well We're, we're really sort of just getting started with this so you know any anyone that can sign up it'll be a massive help um and and tell us what you think honestly we, we're, we're super open it's literally two of us doing this as like a side hustle we're not some massive tech company with loads of funding um we're just trying to get something off the ground that's going to be useful for other athletes so um if, if you've got any feedback please please do get in contact on our social media and that's literally on instagram it's my finish line isn't it my uh, it's, finish line UK. Yeah, at my finish line UK. We're my UK on Twitter and we're just my finish line on Facebook. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks so much, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. This episode was sponsored by JBird. Thanks to JBird for your support and for the renewed motivation I have gained in attempting to come back from injury since using the JBird Vista headphones. To get hold of a pair of JBird wireless headphones, head to jbirdsport.com or see the link in the show notes and use code NOTANOTHER10. That's one zero, not another 10, all lowercase, all one word, for a 10% discount. Thank you guys so much for joining today and listening to Not Another Runner podcast. Please tell your friends and family who you think would enjoy the content I'll be sharing. Don't forget you can get in touch with me over on Instagram via Not Another Runner. Let me know your thoughts on the podcast, any suggestions on guests or topics. This is greatly appreciated. 
Send me your questions through as well if you want and use the hashtag why I run to be featured. And hey, if you can hit subscribe to the podcast, this will really help me to be able to give you more. Thank you again. And remember when you get up and exercise or go for a run, you never regret going, but you always regret not going. Have a great week, guys, and speak soon.